Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. What did Jesus think? We know what he would do. We see what he would do. He'd give his life. But what did he think? What was he thinking hanging there on that cross, looking into the vast future of our existence, knowing that we would be sitting in service and the enemy would try to distract us and throw us off course? What was he thinking when he took a stripe on his back or he took a blow to the side of his head, all because we were going to sin and he didn't have any sin in him at all? Neither was there any bitterness or guile found in his mouth, according to the scripture. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes were healed. What was he thinking for us when he knew that sickness and disease was going to try to ravish nations and wipe out children and adults and seniors? What was he thinking as it related to you and your circumstance? We try to make him so small. And we try to contain him within our own little minds. That's not an insult to anybody because a little mind can become a big mind when we yield it to Christ. Big thoughts, big ideas, big dreams, big visions, big accomplishments only come through big thinking. And you need to have a big mind, not a big head, a big mind. How many know that your mind and your head size are not synonymous? Because if that were the case, it'd be some, some pretty, pretty sharp people up in here. I'd be a whole lot smarter if it was based on that. So your mind is intangible. Your mind is not something that can be physically equated. The mind is the human consciousness that originates in the brain and is manifested, especially in thought. It's human consciousness that originates in the brain and is manifested, especially in thought, perception, emotion, will, memory, and imagination. Thought, perception, emotion, will, memory, and imagination. Your mind has a responsibility out of this world. You mean to tell me that if my mind is not right, I can't think right. If I can't think right, my perceptions are not right. If my perceptions are not right, then my emotions are going to be off. If my emotions are off, then my will has been twisted. If my will is twisted, my memory has now been messed up. And if my memory is messed up, I can imagine all sorts of ungodly things. Hmm. So it's tough. It's tough. To keep that mind focused, you drift, some drifting right now. Sleep becomes an enemy of the mind. You can quote me on that. Sleep becomes an enemy of the mind when sleep overtakes the moment that you're in and you can't think because you're sleepy. Work becomes an enemy of the mind. When you've worked so hard that you have now fatigued your mind and there has been no rest. And so you can't think because you're overworked. Hmm. Greed becomes an enemy of the mind because you want and you want and you want and you will do whatever it takes to get. And it consumes you to where you miss out on the very essence of what you have. It's an enemy of your mind. Goals and aspirations are supposed to be your friends, but they can become enemies of your mind. You can be so occupied on going to heaven, you forget about living on earth. You can be so consumed with, I don't want to go to hell. You slip up and end up there anyway. Because your mind begins to occupy your consciousness, the human consciousness that originates in the brain. Everybody's got one. In fact, that is a prerequisite for you being alive, not human, alive. Because there's things that are not human that has a brain. Am I correct? 
A horse has a brain. A dog has a brain. A mosquito has a brain. Flies, moths, insects, the smallest minute thing that lives has a brain. In fact, the prerequisite for living is that there is a brain. Without the brain, it can't live. Isn't that something? The heart is a similar tool. Now, there is a connection between the brain and the heart, and it is called your mind. The connection between the brain and the heart is the mind. And you know, the United Negro College Fund says that a mind is a terrible thing to, to waste. That's a terrible thing to waste. How can I waste my mind? I can't waste my heart, but I can waste my mind. Is my mind that fluid? Is it that tangible? Is it, is it, is it that material that I can waste it? Yeah, if my mind is driven by thoughts, perception, emotion, will, memory, and imagination. You see, I can waste my mind imagining things that will never be or should have never been. I can waste my mind in emotions that do nothing but drive my flesh to the point where ultimately I'll end up in sin. I can waste my mind when my will, my will, which would be the deep seat of my emotion, I'll do anything to get it. That's my will. I can waste my mind if my will is not toward the will of God, which takes us back to our scripture, which we'll read in just a moment. I want to show you something. A mind leads us to a place called resolve, and that's the subtext of the message that we have to make up our mind in making a difference. That's the first step of making a difference. Make up your mind. But making up your mind, it translates to just simply having resolve. I didn't say dissolve. I didn't say absolve. I said resolve. Which means that I think of all the circumstances, I think of all the situations, I think of all of the things that I'm facing, and I come to a resolve. I go over it in my mind, and then I come to a resolve. What are some resolves that we have come to as it relates to the thing of Christ? Things of Christ. I have resolved in my mind that for Christ I live, and for Christ I die. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and died for me. That's a resolve. That's a resolve. Here's another resolve. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Another resolve is, yea, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, who loves us. Here's another resolve. I am the first and I am not the last that I am going to do what God called me to do. I'm going to be what God called me to be. I'm going to have what God has said I can have. I am going to see the things that God is trying to show in me. That is my resolve. My resolve is that I'll stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set me free, not being entangled again with the yokes of bondage, because my resolve is that I'm forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching to those things which are before me. I am pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That is my resolve. My resolve is that there is no weapon that is formed against me that shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me, I shall condemn it. So my resolve is that what God said shall come to pass. I'm resolved at that. Now, if I am absolutely resolved at that, the enemy is going to do whatever he can to either make me a liar or to avoid being revealed as the father of lies. He is the father of lies and he will deceive you into something completely opposite of everything that I, those were scripture I quoted to you just in case you didn't know. That was all word. I said I was going to inundate your mind with word today. 
And when the enemy wants to come against you, what it is is that he attacks the mind because the mind is the repository of the word. The mind is the place that the word sits until it's time for you to use it. I know you say, uh-uh, the word says, that word have I hid in my heart. Well, your heart and your mind are connected. It's called our soulish realm. It's your soul where your mind is and where your emotions and your will, that's the same place. And so the enemy will attack that and he's coming after that and he wants that and he will deprive that and he will cause you to be hungry and thirsty. There's some desperate people in the world. I know the world caller right now is like, oh, she acting thirsty. Well, she is dehydrated. There's <laughs> some people at the point where they're beyond thirsty and that's because they desire things that are not godly. But those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be, look at somebody say, I'm full. I'm good. So, so when the enemy tries to offer you something, you go, no, I'm not thirsty. I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. I'm good. Knowing in your taste buds, you want some, but your mind say, no, I'm good. I'm good. When the enemy wants to give you what you used to have to make you feel like you used to feel, and he uses music to do it, you'll hear a song from the past, and it's on. Hey. Why is that? Why is that? Why is it that all you got to do is play one song and your hands go up and you're like, hey, like, I'm so glad we're not on TV right now. I am glad. But it's true. It is absolutely true. All it takes is one song, one fragrance, one smell, one meal. One, don't you want to stay? Okay, I do it in the devil voice. Don't you want to stay? So if you heard it like that, you would be absolutely not. But you don't hear it like that. Don't you care for me? I thought you loved me. Oh, one time won't do nothing. Everybody else is doing worse than this. <laughs> I'm going to destroy your life and mess you up. When I get through with you, you're going to be nothing. Wouldn't it be easy to Make up your mind if you heard it like that. Go ahead and write that check. You know ain't no money in that account. It's going to bounce like a ball. <laughs> you're going to be made a fool out of at the bank, and you're going to go to jail if you keep on doing it. It's all right. Mm -mm. Uh, it's not really rejection. They just don't like you. They don't like us. They jealous. They jealous of how weird you are. I mean, how nice you are. The devil don't talk to you like that. He speaks in your own voice, just like God speaks in your own voice, which means that you are a conduit by which it can either be evil or it can be good. The only determining factor is your mind. So we need to learn a little bit more about the mind. You got to make up your mind. I want to show you something here. The resolve, the resolve that we're striving toward, and I gave you my resolve up close at first. I want to do an exercise here really quick. You heard me quoting all those scriptures and some of those positive affirmations. I want to hear you release some resolve in the atmosphere and watch what happens. Only in church will you be encouraged to change immediately. So on the count of three, all of us are going to open up our mouths and we're going to release our resolves in the atmosphere. Now you say, well, I don't know what my resolve is. Well, why don't you just pull out a scripture that you know? God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son that who that cause I believe on him. I shall not perish, but I got everlasting life. Do you have it everlasting life? Yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, you can quote a song if you want to. Make sure it's a good song. Okay, all together. On three, we're going to release some resolve in the place. One, two, three. on me. The glory of the Lord is rising up on the inside of me. And as I walk into places, I am blessed. Some of y'all stopped. I was wondering who was going to get excited and stand up and who was going to begin to speak the resolve of God. Well, it explains things to us. Hallelujah. That if we have no resolve, we'll settle for anything. In fact, you let circumstances, you let conditions, you let environments around you dictate your resolve. How do we get to resolve? Now you can go to those three words. Resolve comes from our decisions. I have decided to follow Jesus. That's a resolve. We also get our resolve from our desires. Not only have I decided to follow Jesus, but I want to know more and more about him. I'm just giving an example of how resolve works. So now my decisions and my desire have been established. The third one is my dedication. I am now dedicated to my resolve. That I've decided to follow Jesus and I want to know everything there is to know about him. And so my dedication is to always be in his presence. So I gave an example of how to establish resolve. Remember, the mind will breed resolve and resolve will determine whether or not you're going to make it to your next place in or out of God what's going to be required of you is that you have first established your resolve. Somebody say, my resolve is intact. Okay, so I have resolved. Anybody resolved to, to learn more about this whole mind thing? I, that's my resolve. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616 616- 974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope.